Metal Blade Records is dropping two of 2021's most brutal albums of the year this October. Hate, Rugia, and Aeon God ends here. Poland's Hate continues to be one of the world's finest top-shelf black and death metal bands with tracks like Resurgence and guess what? Aeon and Tommy Dahlstrom. Still not a fan of Jesus. Check out the blasphemous video for their title track at metalblade.com slash Aeon. And check out all things hate at metalblade.com slash hate. One more time, guys, this October, make sure you're picking up not one, but two fucking great records. Hates Rugia and Aeon's God ends here. Go to metalblade.com slash hate and metalblade.com slash Aeon. That's A-E-O-N. And make sure you're pre-ordering them today. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Hello, everyone out there. It is I, your host, Petter Speich. And I am joined by my gracious co-hosts, Hello, everyone out there. My name is Brandon Hahn. Welcome to the PBS Metal Hour. Mm. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at your buddy Gooch. And end this right now, Jocelyn, please. Uh, uh, my life? Okay. Oh, uh, uh, Jesus, <laughs> no. The hard turn. What a dork. Took a like, hard I'm left right of there. Extremes. You got to give me seven steps before a suicide joke. Whoa. Okay. Uh, nine weeks of therapy have done me well. This is Jocelyn Sharp. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. That's J O Z A L A N Sharp, like a sharp knife. And you can follow me on TikTok at Wizard of Jaws. Real quick, are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Because make... you went right for the suicide joke. I make joke. jokes yeah. because and I'm we're healing. We're going to jump into a story. I make where... jokes because I'm healing. Okay. okay. G- <laughs> that's what I'm saying. See, we're going to get into a story where that's a the exact joke opposite. Was made in the op- Brandon yeah. was around when I was just saying straight up, like, what's the point? So right. it's, it's way better. Yeah. It's and way better. My response, see, my response when Pete, when Jocelyn says something <laughs> suicidal, I'm like, eh, yeah. And then. <laughs> She handed and Pete's me just like what? And I'm like, she's kidding. She's, she's kidding. She'll be me fine. A <laughs> fruity pebble rice krispie treat without weed in it. Okay, okay so it's like this is, is a great gift, and which it's is like, concerning coming from Jocelyn. No, no there is a whole tray of yes. them with weed in them in my fridge. Okay. Okay. Real quick, and you didn't bring any for your boy, you bitch. Okay, first of all, your relationship with weed is like I don't know. You're you're Bro. you're like Madonna like and Kabbalah. Wife yeah, I don't know if you're on it. I don't know if you're in Kabbalah, out of Kabbalah. Are you wearing the bracelet? Are you not wearing the bracelet? Life, is it the ray of light or are we back to the titties? I don't know what we're doing here, Madonna. We never left the titties. <laughs> it's back to be in the ray of light. Go. Make sure you follow our other co-host <laughs> as well, guy. That is Sylvia Alvarado at It's the Sylvia on Twitter and Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, I'm at Rise to Offend on Twitter and Instagram. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, oh man, this is one of my favorite interviews I've done all year. I knew it would be. Stevic McKay from 12 Foot Ninja is on the show. Such a blast to finally get to talk to him. And we are promoting the new album, Vengeance, which is out right now. It came out October 15th. Guys, make sure if you haven't picked it up, it's going to make best of lists. I promise you. It's a fantastic record right now, Vengeance. But before we do that, let's jump into... The Metal Sucks News. It's a failed education we're giving you. Manipulating facts with opinions. We got you in the palm of our hands. Pushing you to hate is part of the plan. So thanks for the power you've gifted us. We're worthy of your mind and all of your trust. 
died for our cause, you'll never regret it It's Metal Sucks News, prepare for your lesson We'll take good care of your soul You'll be safe under our control <laughs> First news story we'd like to talk Danny Filth, Cradle of Filth. They just got a new record out, if you guys haven't checked it out. Um, he's doing press, obviously, to promote the new album. And uh, during the press, a, a new interview from Metal Hammer, it, Danny Filth revealed that in 1993, Faust from Emperor confessed to him that he killed a man. And Danny Filth just said, meh. And as we know now, history, all these years later, yeah, he, he murdered a man for being gay. He stabbed him 37 times. It was gross. And they reenacted in that movie, Lords of Chaos, uh, on a very vicious scale. Um, but he was telling him the truth. And here's what Danny Filth had to say. We played at the Royal Court in Liverpool, then had a massive party. Faust came up to me pissed out of his head and told me about murdering a gay guy. I dismissed it as a load of crap. But when it all came out, I felt like an accessory to murder after the fact. If anyone had seen Emperor at that time, they'd never have taken them seriously. There's like Samoth. Uh, Lord of Silence, but he wasn't Lord of Silence that night. He was Lord of Giggles and Laughter. Everybody was either high or taking E, drinking, all fucked. Okay, so Jaws is a suicide joke. Right. Obviously, that's what, what I'm talking about. I'm like, right. Wait a second. See, I Danny Filth. See, I Danny Filth. I Danny Filth. No, I Danny Filth her when she made the joke. I was yeah. like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then you were like, oh, we got to. Joke's on you. I'm not suicidal. I'm homicidal. Bam. <laughs> totally different. Neither one is totally funny. different. Neither one is funny. <laughs> Can I be. There's yes. a body on both sides. Okay. Right. Look, well, I'm yeah. kidding. They're both. Uh, there's, okay. there's sometimes murder can be funny. Let's go. Yes, <laughs> I know. Yes, I know. <laughs> Okay. There's like a scale. What if you murdered a clown? Exactly. With, I don't know about that. With balloon with animals. A, with a big shoe. <laughs> totally not funny side of the spectrum. What is, if I murdered a clown with a honking nose? Yeah. A honking knife. What if? Okay. Not funny. The other spot is spectrum. If we're gonna get dark, what's a funny murder? Oh man. Or funny, funny death. A funny death? You never saw that Thousand Ways to Die on Spike TV? You never mm, watched I never that show? I did watch that show. Oh, there's some pretty there's funny, some funny deaths. deaths. Yeah, yeah. The, Dar- the, Dar- the Darwin Awards? I mean, it's like... I don't think I can pull this off. I don't think I can laugh at the death. But anyways. <laughs> so I don't know why I went here. I don't I think don't I can find any of these. It's either. only funny. It's only a funny death when it's a bad, bad, bad person that dies in a hilarious way. You Listen. were trying to make me feel comfortable about being suicidal, and then you made yourself uncomfortable. And then you made so you feel, played yourself, no, as DJ Khaled would say. Yeah, as and then DJ Khaled would say. Yeah, and that yeah, it was like so you didn't. Brandon's and the yeahs are like off the charts today. We're at like 17 and then yes. <laughs> because like well, after the sound thing. Can you, add, His can and you then add, yes. add in a ding after every, and every one? And then yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> well, because with Jocelyn, it's like, we're always like competing. I got it like, I'm fucking ready. She got me there. And then yeah. So real quick, have you guys ever had a confession to you by a drunk person that you blew off? Because I'm telling you right now, I've had drunk people tell me things and I'm like, ah, and I blow it off completely. And then later on, they call me out. Well, I told you. Well, I've, I've never heard. Not a murder, obviously. Whenever I'm drunk and I hear somebody <laughs> tell me some shit, I'm like, I blow everything off. It doesn't even matter, <laughs> it doesn't what, yeah. it matter what it Especially is. Especially if I'm loaded. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. We're loaded. And now you want to tell me about the time you murdered someone? Like, And also when you're drunk, you're not thinking about what the person's telling you. You're like, what am I going to say next? I'm sick. I'm going to shit. Like, yeah. You're not thinking. You're about, totally going to say, right, you're not right. in the moment. <laughs> high five. And then, yeah, you're going to tell all that shit just comes out of you. Yeah. Mouth. It's yeah. just going to be like, how can I get back to the drugs? That's pretty much like <laughs> yeah. what's going on in Danny Filth's thing when he heard about when this guy 
guy came up, hey, I murdered somebody. Yes. I rabbit. bet Faust went around to that party and told every single I'm person. Sure, I, I hear <laughs> By the way, daddy didn't care, but do you know I killed a gay guy? It's like, I hear a ton of stories like this because like, I listen to a shit ton of true crime podcasts, and this is like super common. Murderers were like, there's even a kid who like threw a party in his house after he murdered his parents. He told everyone, and like the people he told at the party were like, okay, and they just like kept partying yeah. <laughs> in the house with the bodies because you don't, you would never believe it. You would never ever in your mind, but it's so common. Murderers will tell people, they'll be like, yeah, I just killed my wife. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> me too, bro. You know, well, like, it's just like, the, you it, would never believe it. It's just like the serial killers who go back to the scene of the crime, right? I mean, it's, it's a like, different, I think. Well, I mean, it's like, you're kind of pushing the boundaries though. It's like, yeah, I'm going to tell everyone and. I don't know. You kind of want to be there and see the well, aftermath, I think it's right? Like, or just I, get the well, reaction. Well, I think it's the psychological intense need to confess. I think that's what that is. But I think our inability to... You're not going to accept that as fact because in our culture, hyperbole is normal. Oh, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, this sucks. I'm going to kill that guy. I you fucking- said it again. You're joking, right? N- yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's hyperbole. <laughs> Hyperbole. Well, I'm sitting next to this treat. I'm, I'm I don't down to like, one therapy appointment a week. That's progress. Treat, you know? <laughs> Making it. I made a Rice Krispie treat. Yeah. Every That's, time yeah, Jocelyn's yeah, been to three therapy appointments. We're like, Jocelyn, can you break this down for us? Bro? <laughs> Last, uh, we'll move on to the next story, but let's, what is, what is, when you're with drunk people, we just said we blow off pretty much any kind of yeah. nonsense. Yes. What topic, when they come at you drunk, do you walk away from though? There's always like something that comes to me like, okay, I'm going over here now. I'm a woman sex. Oh, okay. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it depends. Uh, it's like, it, it, I will walk away if it's like some chick and I'm like, okay, I, I, you know, cause again, drunk sex is always the worst. There's no one attractive that's loaded. You know what I mean? And anytime that kind of comes up and it's being pitched, I'm like, I'm out of here. Okay. I'm out of here. I don't, he does not like drunk sex. I hate I drunk don't like sex. drunk sex either. You do like it. I, I'm a fan, I guess. Wow. <laughs> what do you think, pile driving Pete? Oh, pile driving Pete, you're right. <laughs> you think he's, he's like four or five shots of Jaeger on him, ready to pile drive. Everybody that I know that I that I think is like a borderline racist, when they're drunk, they come at me with racist shit. <laughs> like every time, <laughs> you know how it is. We got to yeah. stick together. I'm over here now. Oh. <laughs> like all now the that, time, yes. Now I that. walk away and I'm like, all right, I got to keep away from this fucking. Now guy. that is something that I will happens walk away a from. lot to, with with but friends of mine that are drunk, me, like dude. They're Secrets, and I don't want your secrets. <laughs> I don't want them. Well, it depends on the Yeah, they'll friend. tell the secrets, but it depends. But my reaction is just so bad. I'm always like, what? Okay. And it's just like, I'm just so bad at it that I think that I hurt their feelings. Because it's like, it's just the, read the room, bro. We're, yeah, we're having We're drinking. We're having I, a I good time. Yeah, and know. by the way, why are you ever talking to Pete about anything that is not like above holding hands? Like, it's like anything that's not wholesome. Pete's like, I like wholesome out. shit. Checks out. Yeah. You know, if you want to come at Pete drunk, you better come at him with pictures of your kids. Oh, dude. You know what I'm saying? Apparently, if you want to come at Pete drunk, you better be his wife. Oh, well, that's his wife. (laughs) (laughs) She's the only one. (laughs) She just slides him a glass of bourbon. She's like, get ready. I've been waiting for it. But I pass all those races 45 minutes. I'll tell you that. I pass them all. I'm like, oh, you thought wrong. I'm going over here. I was like, let's get Pete Um, drunk and see if he says anything bad about a certain group. Keep that homophobia away from me. Yeah, but I think that that's kind of normal. I think that if, because most often for us, when we're drunk, we're not drinker at home people so we're drunk in bars mm-hmm. you know and when you're at a bar there's always like some degenerate bar fly that wants to like come be your friend because you're the only person in the bar who isn't sick of his shit 
You know what I mean? You are right about that. Yeah, we don't have to live with that person. Yeah. So it's kind of like the, all the other barflies are like, "Fuck off, Jerry," and we don't know that Jerry's a piece of shit. Jerry's like a, f- a new friend. <laughs> yeah. I had one situation that sticks out in mind. I was at my buddy's wedding, um, and he might be listening to the show. He listens to the show, but I, so I, I'm not going to say his name. But and I was with two close friends, and this this gentleman that we didn't know, he was drunk. We were actually sober at the time. Is he a gentleman? Uh, he was not a gentleman. <laughs> But he walked up to us and he said something very, very inappropriate about like this 13 year old girl. Oh, like whoa. super inappropriate. And we're like, and I was like, dude, you need to get away from us, please. You said that? Yes, I did. I would have jumped yeah. Well, yeah, that's. <laughs> However, okay. As the wedding progressed, all he did was get in my face and try to start fights with me because I asked him to get away from me. And I'm like, you just like said some gross shit about a kid. Yeah. And, and I remember that situation. And so I'm glad I wasn't drunk. Oh, because right. if you were drunk, you would have fucked them up. Yeah, yeah. I won't beat up borderline racists, but I think I'll beat up pedophiles at my friends. And he was related to the to the groom. Disgusting. Ugh. It was a bad situation. Disgusting. Whatever happened to that guy? Anyone who I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. I, in my anyone, mind, I'm like, I should have said something to someone because what he said was like, it's a red flag. It's a anyone red flag. who's yeah. willing to not, say not that out man. loud to another man yeah. is willing to do something about it. Yeah, he was. He, he was again. And that he was man trying grew to, up to be the singer of Lost Prophets. Oh, <laughs> oh no! That's yeah. a good joke. It is a great joke. <laughs> but here's the thing: I don't know. I if didn't you, know you, if we went with suicide. Now we're going. Did to you hear the roller coaster jokes? Pete and I went on when we remembered what he did? Yeah, <laughs> I had my hands up the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting here comes a big dip. <laughs> here right, comes right. the loop. Now everybody knows which wedding I was at because you brought up Ian Watkins. Right. Go, buddy. See? <laughs> well, that's how it goes. Everybody knows now. Everybody's tied to Pete. Uh, okay, okay. Gross. You guys take a break and, for a second. But I will say Go. this, though. When it comes to drunk speak, you got to understand something. My dad is like a, an alcoholic, and I have tuned that shit out for 42 years. So yeah. it's like when somebody comes at me with too much drunk, I have a way. It's the only time I can ever focus and turn out the sound. Also, don't fool yourself into thinking you need to respond, because they do not need you to. <laughs> that, see, that's what I do. I just kind of like look over the top and try and... They got him six one because a lot of people are shorter than me, so yeah. I could just look over the top of their no. head and be like... Where's Jocelyn? You know what I mean? Like, oh, there she is. And okay, I just kind of. I'm 5'10. You know. You're not that much taller. No, I'm than talking. Me. I'm talking like I'll use this person as an excuse oh. to try and find you. I'm like, where the hell is Pete at, huh? Okay, oh, okay, I'm okay, sorry, okay, buddy. Yeah. You know, the height thing gets you out of it all the time because you have to lean down to hear them. Yeah. And then yeah. you're like, and they, they feel uncomfortable pulling you down to say nonsense. So you're like, you, and that the height and thing let me works. Do you know what really yeah, gets very, you out I'm of it? You are right. Because when you kneel down, when you kneel down to listen to short, drunk people, I mean, it is amazing how strong your core is to pop you right back up because you do not. Want to be in that situation? Do you know what really gets you out of it is when you repeat back what they're doing to them. Like I did that at the gas station. Some like he was on, he was working there too, but yeah. he like had drunk vibes, and he was like, I was like, the guy was like, do you want a bag? I was like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, actually, and I was like, oh, I don't want to waste plastic. I was like, never mind, fuck it, I'm not gonna waste plastic. And the guy goes, typical woman can't make up her mind. I was like. What are you, a sexist from the 90s? <laughs> he was like so taken aback that I like addressed that he was being sexist. Right. Same thing with those drunk people. Hey, if you're like, don't come over here saying that racist shit, they're going to be like, what? Uh, what? Right, right. <laughs> well, I was just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you're yeah. wearing a robe. Yeah, as someone who's been chronically sexually harassed by drunk men throughout my entire comedy career, mm. uh, if you just point out what they're doing, they usually are like, oh, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. I should probably go be a piece of shit somewhere else. I can't remember. I just raised the rock eyebrow. I've, I've mastered that because I used to practice it. You did not, but good job. Yeah, buddy. Okay, it, it's, you it's, did it's, it. It's, it's pretty... <laughs> 
I mean, it raised a little bit. He moved his eyebrows. He didn't even move his eyebrows. He just tilted his head one way, and it looked like the other one was higher. He covered one and then scribbled it with a Sharpie. Real quick, can I tell you guys what happened to me over the weekend? So my friend friend Johnny Hilder and I, we went down to Venice Beach because the next day we were going to go watch the Browns blow it against the Chargers. And so that was on Saturday. and not Or not bitter at all. (laughs) What do you want on Thursday? uh, Calm down. What's up? We won this. Oh, we week. won on Thursday. You're right. Let's calm down. So anyway, we uh, we decided to we we got a we got a little tipsy. We were we were uh, enjoying ourselves, and at the beginning of the night or at the beginning of the day, we park our car and we're walking down to the Venice Beach Pier, and there's this homeless dude, and he's got this giant beard, and he's just like, and he's spitting all over himself. It's crazy, and he's just kind of and I caught eye contact with him, and I'm like, holy shit, eyes forward, <laughs> keep it moving. You know what I mean? And I'm telling Johnny, I'm like, don't look back. So anyway, we, we go walk the pier. This is like maybe two or three hours later. We find a bar to go watch the Tyson Fury fight, which is amazing. And uh, I was there. All of a sudden, yeah, he, he was Lucky. actually at the fight. So we find this bar. Sure enough, and it's, it's like in this mall area, you know, it's like this outdoor mall. Out in front of a, the bar is right next to a Sephora. Guess who shows up? The homeless guy. And he's just doing it. Nobody's doing anything. Maybe 15 minutes later, one of these Jesus people that holds the sign up and yells at everybody, repent, you sinner, and whatever. This guy's doing it for three minutes. Security immediately shows up. You got to (laughs) go. You got to go, buddy. What are you talking about? A rabid homeless guy. (laughs) Meanwhile, this rabid homeless dude is eating a squirrel. (laughs) Yeah, but the homeless population in California right now is pretty high. That's what I'm saying. They're probably like, we can't mess with him, but this guy has a home to go to. (laughs) Well, well, it was just kind of like, 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 who's going to pull a gun? (laughs) Clearly clearly not the guy who can't afford one. The Jesus freak, on the other hand. That was the worst he's going to do. He's going to eat some lipsticks at the Sephora. Exactly. Yeah, that's what it is. You know what? Get out there. I feel like a woman. They're vegan. All right, guys. Before our next story, guys, real quick, okay? It's been five years, and it's been totally worth the wait. Every Time I Die's ninth studio album, Radical, is out now via Epitaph. Produced once again by Will Putney, who's done albums for the Acacia Strain, Body Count, The Immunity Affliction. Radicals is the follow-up to 2016's acclaimed Low Teens. Radical is 16 tracks of peak ETID alchemized by a swampy summoning of southern rock and coarse poetry. The music swirls beneath sardonic and clever wordplay, cementing the band as leaders, not followers. Make sure you are picking up the new album from Every Time I Die Radical. It is out right now, guys, and check tour dates because you know in 2022 they're going out with Under Oath and Spirit Box. Every Time I Die's Radical is out right now. One take, Pete. I just want the Metal Sucks audience to know there was a lot of words in there. One take, Pete. One take, Pete. Next story. You didn't have to reread one of them. You didn't reread one of them. Those were big words in there, buddy. Next story. A whole paragraph. Pete just tuned us out like we were drunk. I know. No, I didn't. And then, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Chino Moreno from the Deftones. He blames weed and trauma. For turning his guitar player, Stephen Carpenter, into a conspiracy theorist. For people that don't know who Stephen Carpenter, we've talked about many times on the show. He believes the earth is flat. 9-11 was a hoax. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much like he's very much on the level of the winos and Matt Pikes of the world. Love all of them. Obviously, listen to the Deftones and love them. But uh, Chino blames weed and trauma. Now, now let's put this together. Jocelyn and I Trauma are... is medicated by weed. Yes. Okay. And that leads... 
into no, no. conspiracy theories. No, no, no. Let okay, me, I'm let trying me. to do the math. Mm-mm. Okay, no. do it so, I have so much trauma. Okay, Jocelyn has a lot of trauma. I don't have a lot of trauma. But That's I all, a lie. But I, but I also <laughs> like my lead. If, if he's lessening his trauma, let it be. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Pizza, let it don't be. Lessening your trauma is bad. You shouldn't do that. Okay, fine. I got a little trauma. <laughs> but... But the thing is, though, is like... Listen, it's not the size of your trauma. It's how you use it. Okay, that's right. It's the motion of the ocean. Yeah, Jocelyn's got right, big, old, big old, big old veiny... Let's break down the jokes Jocelyn's got big, veiny, girthy trauma. Yeah, my, my trauma will split you in half. Split your girl. So the jokes that we've told on this show. We've gone dark. So we've gone dark. Well, side. Jocelyn's here. It's pretty right. much what brings us Okay, fuck off. It's not my yes, And now we've, we've given yes, trauma a dick joke, right? That's where we're at how right we now. do things. Well, keep, I'm going to keep a rolling on this train, If y'all. you want to see any more great trauma, suicide, dick jokes, see me live on the road, JocelynSharp.com. There you go. So, <laughs> amazing plug. Oh, God, that's how you plug yourself. Before we end. No, no, how I plug myself is with things well, I buy on the internet. Mm-hmm. Here, we're back again. We're back again to the dick jokes. Big, girthy dick jokes. You had, you had a point before uh, yeah, what we did point? what we do. Your point was that I said weed yes. is medicating the trauma, and then the trauma turns into conspiracy theories. I was trying to do a math equation, no. and you said, fuck that, no, Pete, because you motherfucker. I am so high all the time mm. and I have seen a photo of the earth and I know <laughs> what a circle looks like. Okay. I'm listening. A sphere. A sphere. <laughs> a Jocelyn. sphere specifically. Thank you. Please. Sphere. Um, and so. But that picture could be doctored stupid. So actually what weed and trauma led me to do was, um, eat whole pizzas but you know i guess you could get into conspiracy theories i don't know how weed and trauma can like go into conspiracy theories i mean look everybody knows that ketchup causes impotence but okay <laughs> you know what you know how about i read <laughs> how about i read what chino said before we lose our ketchup sponsor? no no listen Fines, we're good right the audience <laughs> did not get to experience the a plus acting brandon oh. gave there he really lived that moment he was really the guy who didn't know that ketchup didn't cause him but it was beautiful I, acting my friend i was just you know what i really channeled i really channeled my inner dumb fuck <laughs> from the words of chino from the deftones explaining why he feels this trauma and weed have hurt stephen carpenter i'm surprised he's not more of a meme i think there may be a couple but it was actually tough for a minute because obviously i've been friends with him since i was 10 years old and you know he wasn't always this way i will say that weed probably has a little bit to do with his conspiracies and this and that and whatever because he just you know and then probably sitting at home just looking at whatever sites he looks at it probably doesn't help being smoked out and all that stuff and whatever Okay, now this is coming from Chino, <laughs> who was a drug addict and who understands the powers and the evils of drugs. So he's obviously going to take that kind of route, and I, I appreciate him for taking that okay. route. But uh, me personally, I just think it's, it's, look, anything that you want to throw out there, thanks to the internet, there's going to be some people out there that will back it up. And if you have one person that tells you how smart you are, no matter how dumb you sound, you're going to believe you're smart, and you're going to try and share that message with the world. Right? I mean, it's like... Well, that's a conundrum with conspiracy theorists. Conspiracy theorists live in this world where it is a self-fulfilling prophecy because it, it cannot be proven. 
That's why they're called theories because yeah. they, it's, they literally cannot be proven. And the lack of proof of them is considered proof. It's this unending cycle of stupidity that makes no sense. If you believe, I believe in a lot of conspiracy theories. So if you're like, I believe in conspiracy theories, Jocelyn thinks I'm stupid. You're welcome. I do. Um, but well, what like, I want to say, what conspiracy theories do you believe in? Jocelyn? I believe that crack, uh, was used to bring down the African American family complex in the eighties. I believe that so was AIDS by the government, by the government. Yeah. Um, the, 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 Tuskegee experiment is like not even a conspiracy theory. It's real. You know, it's like scientific fact. (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm not saying you're wrong on anything, but like if I wasn't alive during the time, it's so hard for me to be like, I have, I can say something like, like the JFK assassination. I'm like, I can look at that Zapruder film, but I wasn't alive then. I don't really know the ins and outs. No, too many coincidences. I, I know, I know, but that's me, me. If I'm alive during that time and when people say the 9 11 hoax thing, I'm like, well, I was there. Watching it, seeing it, I, I don't buy into any of that. Well, I don't believe me. that. I believe, That's me. I believe I there's shit we don't know about it for sure, yeah, but, but I don't believe again, a lot of the hoax. See, shit. but here's the thing though as long as you say conspiracy theory and not fact, like some of the stuff that you brought up are like, well, it's it's almost like when somebody does, does get caught saying something racist, but they're yeah. not really being racist, but it's like they get caught and everybody raises questions. It's like, that's kind of like what it is right now. They're like, well, did they did they put it in the crack? Meanwhile, the people that did unleash it on society are like, no, 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 we just wanted to bring down the lower class. That's all. <laughs> just just the poor people. That's it. Not, not black Don't people. worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just the, just the poor people. And it's well, like, I mean, the, there's things like the Tuskegee experiment that show that the government absolutely. really, Look, really yeah. Does not give a fuck about our lives and yes. specifically people of color's lives. I will say that, but there's some conspiracy theories that don't make any sense to me. Like Avril Lavigne being a clone or whatever, and she's like a replacement of herself, and she died many years ago, and like those kind of conspiracy yeah. theories. I'm like, you're really just reaching for. Any- I was alive during that, and that's true. She Paul died McCartney. like seven years ago, no. and then she came back with Chad. Stop! Kroger. You yeah, are fine. contributing. I'm kidding, dude. That's I'm, what happened. Obviously, obviously, my I drama. Came out. Obviously, Avril Lavigne was eating some bread, and that's what happens. You clone yourself when you eat certain types of bread. Yeah, if you eat gluten, you will become a clone. That's uh, basically, or you're going to make a clone. You're I, not even going to know it. Tupac, you are already a clone. You're a government clone. Your your real body is at the National Treasury, and that's why there's a coin shortage. Go ahead and look in the back of a Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That'll back up everything Jocelyn just said. And I'll tell you right now, it's fact. We all know that Tupac is a chess master, and people pay millions of dollars to get one game with him. And he's he's in a vault. Now, That's hasn't even, true. Hasn't even lost to a robot, bro. He is. He doesn't search for Bobby Fischer. Anybody want to challenge Tupac at chess? Bobby Fischer looks for Tupac. Go, Hope he's go better at chess than y'all. he is at music. Oh, oh wow! Ooh, hot this? take. Hot take. Hot, hot take. take. On a metal podcast, someone's talking oh, shit about Tupac's music. coming out of nowhere. What's next? Country's bad. What? Listen, <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I never claim to have unique opinions. I'm a basic bitch through and through. I'm basic bitch. Hey, hey, Cheeto said a bunch of nice things afterwards. I just said the I top part. I hope he did. But you guys go to MetalSucks.net, read all of his comments. Look. He did say, look, he's my friend. We don't really talk about this. Let stuff. me just say Very this. Very similar to the Surge and John Domayan conversation. Like, hey, we're brothers-in-laws. Let, me, let me just say this. Pete has said the same things about me and my uh, recreational drug use. Mm. Maybe not to the extent of Chino, but you've been there. And then he follows it back up with great guy. 
You know, so whatever. I'm yeah. sure the guy, I'm sure Chino was just saying. I've literally hey. never heard t- Pete talk about your drug use. I've literally only heard you talk well, about he, it. Well, he tells, he talks to me. And, on oh, phone, he does? He, <laughs> he calls you? He gives me a little bit of shame. <laughs> I'm a loyalist, so he I gives, just talk directly to him. I don't spread my conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, so he, he, I make Pete, him look good to the world. He does. Pete's, oh, Pete's so all, you're, you're, you're a narcissist. You abuse him in secret. He makes No, I don't abuse him in secret. just like, come on, Dad, love me. I, he just calls walking around, I'm like, nothing's ever abuse. good. I play my Metal Sucks news songs, and he's like, Pete's gonna hate it. I know it. I'm not good, and I cut myself. That's pretty much what it leads to. It's all Pete. I just want to say You're not the first person that blamed me for their cutting problem. <laughs> okay, okay. Cut away. All right. Cut away. It's your God complex. Cut. We're going to have... And, and by the way, the as new... As long as it's vertical and not horizontal, I don't give the a new, fuck. The, the new Metal Sucks cutaway slap bracelets will be available on the website. <laughs> just put in the code word Jocelyn. I'm get kidding. We have been dark this episode. We have been very dark. And we I have want... been dark, and everybody... I hope you guys know we're kidding. We're not Faust. We're Danny Filth. Go. And yes. I want to say to all the listeners, if you are a conspiracy theorist and you thought we were being disrespectful and you thought, like, how can you guys not believe it? Like, you guys think it's so stupid. It's not true. I just want to say um, uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, um, I just want you to know that uh, there's Gina no Fame way movie? that I am um, saying this under duress. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah, uh, conspiracy theories aren't real. They, um, no, you had me at the Tango Whiskey They're Foxtrot. I was, I, I was in it. Everybody I was like, finally, I have somebody speak. Right now. What somebody the hell was that my language? Acting, she got some acting, Patty acting, shit going acting on there. exercises, acting. And I'm not under duress, and I just, uh, what I meant to say is that I'm a good fucking actress. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're, you're, I, I. Thank you. I I'm giving you the snaps. I'll, I'll do snaps. Like 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 wow, men Pete, on film from In Living Color. You snap like that the, age you well. snap like the smelly kid at school. You snap like the smelly kid at school. You do not know how the to snap. What does that mean? You don't know how to snap. Oh, there you go. Come that was snap, better. Man. That was better. I got snap. some magic. Okay, you were doing a weird thing with your I got hands before. Fingers in yeah. spades, bitch. Okay, yeah, uh, Pete's <laughs> the only one. Pete's the only one that could snap while doing spirit fingers. Literally, pretty... don't want to hear anything about my fingers. Your fingers. You guys are like my brothers. I'm done with hearing the word finger All in right. context with your hands. No finger talk from Pete and I. Go finger bang. Oh done. My God. See, I just tried to. I tried to respect you, Jocelyn, and this guy comes out and he's got. He's got to knock us both my down. My favorite thing about it is it's is, a song on the. <laughs> Dean Ween's no, second album. It, it goes da na 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 finger banging. I was no. just stuck in my head. That's no, you were trying to grasp superiority over the podcast. Look up, look it up. Dean Ween, the the second album he put out, finger banging. Whatever, it's a song. Dad, whatever, Dad. Go listen. Ween's great. Dean Ween's <laughs> great. It's a solo record. I think it's called Rock Two. Finger banging. Uh, All right, you just derailed us with Ween talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, der- I know something about derailing this show. I am no stranger to derailing it. But yes. when someone else does it, guess what? I'm all over it. I well, can't wait. We, we, we've done too much. The next story is gone. Let's just... Fuck it. Let's, let's tell you guys about some shit you need to know, and let's jump into the interview. First thing you got to know, guys. In the midst of 2021, Bad Wolves welcomed Daniel D.L. Laskowitz, previously of the Acacia Strain, as lead vocalist, ushering in a new chapter for their third-length offering. Dear Monsters, led by the single Lifeline, the Los Angeles-based band fuses unpredictable metallic intensity and impressive instrumental proficiency to arena-ready hooks, transforming from underdogs into elite platinum-certified hard rock contenders. Guys, Bad Wolves, Dear Monsters is out October 29th on Better Noise Music. 
pre-order it today and make sure guys everybody one more thing slipknot one of the most thrilling and visceral musical collectives on the planet are excited to announce a return to the road for their incendiary 2021 incarnation of the not fest road show Support comes from three Grammy-nominated heavy music luminaries, Killswitch Engage, Fever 333, and Code Orange. The 28-day run produced by Live Nation is on the road right now. So you guys got to go to notfestroadshow.com to pick up tickets. It's going to run all the way, wrapping up in Arizona in early November. And guys, if you go to notfestroadshow.com, you will see that they announced the live stream of their L.A. performance, and it's featuring all the acts on the bill Kill Switch Engage, Fever 333, Code Orange, and of course Slipknot. So pick up the live stream, see them on the road if they're coming, guys. Get all your ticketing needs and go right to notfestroadshow.com. With that, it's time, my friends. Let's jump into my interview with Stevic McKay from 12 Foot Ninja. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast on the phone. I have Stevic McKay from 12 Foot Ninja. Guys, we are here to celebrate the new record, Vengeance. It's coming out October 15th, dude. So, Stevic, first thing, we got to jump in because there's a lot going on with Vengeance. There's a lot to this package. There's a novel. There's a little video game thing. So tell me about all of that and the creation. Let's start with the novel on this record. Yeah, right. So the novel... uh the novel probably took about five years to create, um, and the the writer's name is Nick Snelling, and it's a long story, kind of how it evolved to where it got to now. But it's um, suffice to say, it's a pretty extensive kind of backstory about the protagonist, you know, that that is known as the Twelve Foot Ninja, I suppose. Um, so you know, one thing that we we never really um, publicised is Twelve Foot Ninja always was a character in a story that we were just trying to find the best way to communicate. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a it's a epic epic uh, story, and it's um it's out there, so that's exciting. Absolutely. Now, how much involvement, I know you guys probably gave notes, but how much involvement to the story process did you have, like, personally? Well, I mean, the original story of the 12 Foot Ninja I wrote hmm. uh, in 2007, and it was kind of a novella, like six chapters, and, it, and it, I'd taken it through a bunch of different um, formats over the, you know, subsequent years like we we actually put together a pitch bible for an animated series um you know we were looking at all but you know animation especially adult animation doesn't tend it tends to be quite um funny whereas weirdly this story is quite serious um compared to everything else that we kind of do so um you know with nick i had him on board um to help sort of craft the pitch bible and then you know he sort of ran with the the uh, the concept and some of the key characters, and then it just became his own. Like he just expanded the worlds and you know added a lot of key characters. And you know it was basically once he got his the, the gist of it, it you know he he just took it and ran with it. And it's um yeah, I mean it's 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 like I said, it's hard to kind of uh, 
summarize. I think there's like a million words or something. So it's it's mm. difficult to kind of um put it down into a, a something you know tangible. But it's a little bit, I guess, like Game of Thrones in feudal Japan mixed with steampunk kind of alien retro tech. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I don't know if that like helps uh, paint a picture, but you know, just it's made, pretty wild. Made me happy is all it did, I, but it did paint a fantastic picture, and uh, that is really cool. Now, you as a writer, though, um, were, did you write like prose and format, or did you kind of have a screenplay type of writing idea? Like when you said you did this in two thousand seven, <clears throat> it was a novella. Um, but how? What format did you originally write this character from? Yeah, I mean, it started. I think it started like a, a short story, you know, like, um, and it was really, um, I guess, I guess I gravitated towards Joseph Campbell's kind of monomyth, um, you know, that archetypal kind of story format. And I, I feel, you know, filled out the key things that need to happen. And, and really it's, you know, for a while I was calling it a fable, um, because it does have a kind of morality, um, undertone, you know, uh, kind of um, underpinning the entire story. But fable tends to have a kind of religious, con- you know, context, which this certainly isn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, from there, I I kind of morphed more into comic books. Um, so I wrote, um, I put out a graphic novel. We've got a graphic novel out too, which I sort of wrote. Um, which takes place after the novel series, but also puts into context how the band fits into, you know, this almost dichotomy um, between a serious kind of um, story about a ninja um, and, you know, this genre hopping kind of music and then these guys that do these weird kind of music videos. So it's like, how do you explain all of that? Um, that's kind of covered in the graphic novel, um, which has a comic book within it, which I released kind of earlier. So it's, it's kind of meta. It's like holding a mirror in front of a mirror. Dude, I love it. Everybody, if you guys haven't, go to 12footninja.com. Make sure you guys are checking out. The book is available now. Um, and, uh, yes, dude, I, I can't tell you how excited I am. I have not gotten a copy yet, but I do want, I'm definitely going to jump on board for this. This is excellent. So I want to move on to the next thing. I think you created this one too. It's that multi-level, it's a video game, um, with the yeah. animated backstory. You did create this though. That was, uh, um, you and tell us about that, how it came together and, um, have you been creating, uh, these kind of video games before in the past? No, no. So that was, um, that kind of came about when we shot the video for Long Way Home. We thought, you know, we, we did the thing, the whole thing on a green screen. And I was like, yeah, I'll just draw the backgrounds. And, you know, I completely underestimated um, how difficult it is to draw backgrounds to a green screen because of the perspectives and all that kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, I did all this artwork for the video. And, you know, the video just kind of went sideways you know, it's pretty trippy. <laughs> it's a pretty trippy video. And then I thought, you know, what if I made like a, like I in my head, I was like, I'm already halfway to a video game with this. So I'll just, you know, I'll just teach myself some coding and see if I can get something happening. And um, so I, yeah, got into a, a, a program called G-Develop and kind of taught myself how to program 
you know, the basics of a, you know, a platformer because that's what I wanted to create. I'm a big fan of old school platformers. And then um, I went down a massive rabbit hole and it took me about eight months and I got on board. Um, I sort of joined the developer community and connected with this one dude and we, uh, he started helping me out because he was, you know, way stronger in the programming world than than I like I'm not a programmer's bootlace but he's really good and we sort of teamed up and built the whole thing and then it just kind of it's one of those things where you it's like the Dunning-Kruger vibe like you when you don't know anything you like yeah I'll do that and then um by the time you actually learn how difficult it is it's too late and you've invested all this time <laughs> so but you know we, like I'm stubborn in that way. I, I stuck with it, and you know we made the um, we made the game because you know I was told that most people never finish anything playable. So that that's like calling you know Marty McFly chicken to me. Like if someone <laughs> says that, I, I it means I have to finish it no matter what. So we did this level, and then we um, I just crowdfunded it, and we um, got to 113% of our target. So now I'm making a full-length video game as well. <laughs> Look at that, dude! Exciting, man! Wow, so, yeah, it's and, crazy. And that's the that's the thing we I always talk about, man. I'm like, you just start some. That's that's the gr- glorious thing of life. Just start something and see where it takes you, but don't quit. And it will always take no. you to some weird path. They'll be more meaningful to you than like ten years of work. <laughs> so like, yes, yeah. Well, I mean, I've got this weird, like, I've got this weird belief that there's some kind of universal meritocracy mm-hmm. where if you throw enough time and effort into something, there'll be at least a proportionate response. Um, and so far, that's proven itself to a to a certain degree. So. Um, yeah, I mean, even if someone made a table completely out of their toenails, mm-hmm. you'd be like, "That's fucking gross," but well done. <laughs> Nailed it. Yes, dude. It's like you know, you did something I would never do. I would never invest time in, but this is amazing, and you did it. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're- yeah and then you know, who knows what would happen after that? They get some sort of nail polish sponsorship, you know, and it's it's off. <laughs> things tend to kind of evolve and doors open and you know nobody steal yeah. the toenail table idea okay because no, i got a I feeling mean, that's, that's <laughs> i got a feeling that now that we're talking about it somebody's gonna be like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this yeah but. someone's been collecting toenails and like i didn't know what i was gonna do with these <laughs> but now yeah i was gonna make a soup but i figured why eat them <laughs> so. imagine a sword imagine a toenail sword I, I bet that shark, stink. dude. I, we could you could put that in a book. A toenail sword, it would stink, but it could cut yeah. people. It could cut people. <laughs> it would, like you know, I forget the toenails. I must say, like I, I think I focus on when I'm having a shower and you know all that kind of shit. I forget the toenails, and then occasionally, like I'll be realizing, you know, I'll be shredding up the bed sheets like at the end with my toenails. It doesn't take much, Mm-mm. and you can shred your your bed sheets. So a sword. A dagger, yes. even 
It can it can exactly it can do that. So I am. Uh, this is where this is where we went. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. For sure. We went from a table to a sword of toenails, but we're here to talk about. Let me just promote real quick, guys. The new record from Twelve Foot Ninja. I know we talked about everything else, guys. Make sure you're picking up the book at twelvefootninja.com. The new record, Vengeance. It's out October fifteenth, and you did make a Marty McFly reference, so I'm going straight to the '80s because the uh, the album has the '80s swagger infected kind of all over it right yeah tell me about that i i really don't know uh i mean i don't know what happened but yeah maybe a couple of years ago i just started sort of really gravitating towards um that 80s kind of synths and pads and arpeggiators and stuff and i guess it was kind of in the zeitgeist you know with stranger things and these kind of like even dark you know there's a really cool show on netflix called dark made in germany and this is kind of playing with going back to that era um, from a, I guess, almost like a futuristic perspective. Um, and I've always loved like Back to the Future and, you know, Huey Lewis. We did a Huey Lewis cover and I actually got the opportunity to chat to chat to him. He heard it and, he, you know, we kind of connected and I helped him with one of his music videos. And I mean, that's that is completely mind blowing. Um to someone who grew up listening to Huey Lewis and, you know, watching Back to the Future and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess a number of things kind of happened and it um, just kind of percolated in my head. And there's something cool about mixing that, those kind of tonalities with modern kind of metal approaches. Like, it it seems to work, like, really well. So... Um, there was a lot of ideas that just came spewing out and I bought myself a Casio calculator watch. Um, and that, that kind of fueled some inspiration as well. Casio calculator watch. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. So tell, it's just a normal calculator, but I've seen this, but it's been so long. Yeah, this it's old school. Oh, man. it's actually. I remember I had one when I was younger, and the buttons were much bigger. I think I've I've grown like well, <laughs> I, I definitely have. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. Like the, I think it's weird because a lot of these songs have been finished for a long time, you know, and it's just there's been this. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it, COVID. Um, heard- it's this thing that's it's going around. Yeah. You may have heard about it. I don't know, but spell it for me. How does it go? A C O V I D. Yeah, I do. It's got I, a weird name. I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought yeah. you meant K O V I D, which yeah, that's that I haven't heard of. But COVID. Yeah, I've heard like of this COVID. Mm. Yeah, COVID. It's um, it really put a spanner in the works. Um, yeah. <laughs> if if it were to be, if if I were to give it a number, like on a jersey for a, a baseball team, I'd go with ni- oh, 19. nineteen. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. Um, Same. I think it's just sort of COVID nine. Like you've got the K. The d- d- and then n- you want the n- nasal nineteen, yep. you know? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah uh, it's a it's a real bugger actually. Uh, so, and, um, and you've used that term correctly because my uh, my my friends here in you know in the states, we're in Las Vegas. They will say things like "cheers" and "bugger," and with their without the correct terminology of it. But <laughs> I'm gonna have them listen to this interview and be like, "See." COVID is a bugger. That's how you guys COVID use it. COVID is a bugger. That's how yeah. you use it. So that's, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, dude, so that did. Uh, we can go into like, I just want to know, because that, that had to have stopped um, 
any kind of plans for a minute. So this record, like you said, you guys recorded it before the pandemic then, I'm assuming? Yeah, I mean, we've had we've had been sitting on this for quite a while. Um, yeah, and I mean, because usually, like, you know, not to bore people with the information, but you usually, like, release albums and connect them to tours, you know, because these days albums are really marketing for tours. Um, so the fact that you can't tour it's like putting an album out in a vacuum and you know any any bands that you know make this kind of music will relate to the fact that it's not necessarily the quickest music to create um you know so yeah it it created a number of like you know conundrums that we had to work out how we're going to navigate and also you know things are evolving like we're in we're in this lockdown here in melbourne and it keeps extending like we haven't even been able to rehearse for i think 12 weeks now every time we we go to rehearse a new lockdown um opens up so it's all it's all strange um you know people are going out of their mind i think i think that's going to be the biggest impact um well not to diminish you know the horrible outcomes for some people like actually dying from it but the mental toll that i think it's causing will be studied in the future so i'm in one way i'm very fortunate that it doesn't um have too much like i'm already i was i was in lockdown before lockdown was a thing you know like so i'm I'm able to keep doing what i'm doing but yeah it's it's bloody weird i think that's probably the best summary yeah, and my family, all of them live in Victoria, and they were telling me you guys do snap lockdowns. Um, and I talked to, I yeah. just recently talked to Booker from Make Them Suffer a little a couple episodes back. She said the same thing. So pretty much when things go up, um, you guys just do a snap lockdown for a, a extended period of time. Is that correct? Is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it'll it'll be a week usually, but this one's been. Um, we've had a lot of non-community. Um, related cases, which, which they're still trying to work out, like where the hell did that come from? You know, like, mm-hmm. um, and different strains and stuff. So yeah, they'll just shut shut everything down. Um, and I mean, you can still go to the supermarket and buy groceries and um, you know all that kind of stuff, but you can't. It's not like you can get together with people or a lot of businesses are affected that are considered non-essential, which creates a new debate as to what is essential. But our bottle shop stays open. So, you know, I'm cool. <laughs> Here comes they, they the debate. Know, they yeah. know me by name now. They're like, yeah, hey, Steve. I'm like, yeah, mate. Yeah. You made it. See, you got to stick with the positive. You made a friend at the bottle I made shop. a friend. Well, yeah. his name's, the guy at the bottle shop's name's Stephen with a PH, so I call him Feeben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And dude, I mean, and that's you nailed it, though, and that is going to be the mental health thing because I just recently, and I've said this a few times on the show, recently I just went to my first concert <clears throat> and after a year and a half, and that was the, uh, the Psycho Music Festival. I'm in Las Vegas. That's where I live. And, okay. uh and it was, uh, I can't tell you, like, yes, I sat in the back with a mask on my face and had my arms crossed, and so did pretty much everybody else. We all kind of, like, followed the rules because mm. I think everybody's like, look, we have to follow the rules so we don't fuck up people's tours because if we get sick, we fuck their shit up, and we, we need the mm. scene to keep going. So it's like a community thing where we understand. And it was pretty cool to see that, but, I mean, the collective sigh of when whoever, Mastodon, played a song, and you're just like, we're here. It was... Uh, mm. It was crazy, man. So I really think that um, eventually, 
when it all comes I'm looking together. forward to it, mate. Yeah. Like, I'm really, you know, like, I, I definitely took playing live for granted mm. before. Like, you know, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, I think something I've been kind of cognizant of is a big part of making an album is getting to experience it through other people. Mm. And if you take that away, it's just kind of like you just left not knowing what the hell you've just done. Like, you know, there's no kind of barometer. Um, and online is cool, like, but it's not the same as like having being in the same room and having that connection with people. Um, and I'm a pretty antisocial person, but I'm, I'm definitely missing that kind of like seeing people's response to the music is I think probably one of the most rewarding aspects. Um, yeah. And, and COVID's definitely, um, removed that. And I, yeah, I mean, some musicians, this is just decimated completely, you know, um, especially people signed to majors and stuff, you know, where their, their primary, their only income is live, like music, you know, they can't make any money out of music at all. Um, I can't imagine, you know, what kind of, um, what kind of stories of, uh, are coming out of this and people t- having to pick up sort of different work. Yeah. It's all, it's going to be interesting to, to, uh, reflect on, um, hopefully when we're on the other side of this thing. Yeah. And you, you, to me, it's the ending of the film. What you just said is like, Hey, I, I, I get the record. Oh, they put out a new record. Cool. I live with it for a couple months, you know, a year even. And then I get to see it live in the songs that I've lived with. That's the ending of the film. That's my complete mm. journey with the band, you know, as a fan. Um, yeah. And when I don't get the ending of the film, the record doesn't, I, I don't know it as well, you know? And that's because yeah. seeing the song live, it's always a little different. And, and the face there and the voice and the, seeing the drummer do his, you know, everything, that whole part, that's like, all right, here's the ending. Let's do it. Let me it's give like you It's like everyone's been forced into edging. <laughs> <laughs> not to bring it to crass town no we oh uh, we need dude i i was i was gonna put the edging joke in here before you did <laughs> and the fact that you snuck it in after i did the ending I, well you're telling me you know i just i i think maybe i, I picked up the vibe yep you know, coming through. yeah <laughs> this guy's gonna this guy's punchline's edging you know i'm gonna steal it <laughs> We just did who's on first, and you guys don't even yeah. know it. <laughs> right? We, yeah, we just yeah. loyal. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> but uh, back to the record, everybody. The, the reason we're talking here is uh, to, to get you to the beginning of the film, if I may, and that is to make sure you guys are picking up Vengeance, the new record from 12 Foot Ninja. It's coming out October 15th. We talked about the 80s vibe. The first thing I did when I got the copy and, uh, and I got to listen to it is that uh, it made me want to see a movie. You know, and I'm like, this just makes me want to see this very specific movie. And this is what's weird. It probably makes no sense. But I went over to my shelf and I got the film. It's called Dead End Drive-In. Have you seen it? What's it called? Dead End Drive-In. Dead End Drive-In. Did you ever see that film? No, I don't think so. Dude. And let me, I'll Google it. Google it. And then if if it takes a long time, I, I can edit this part out. But it is one of my favorite movies as a kid. And I haven't seen it for like a decade. And for some reason, the album artwork, just alone, just the picture, I'm like, man. And then you being from Australia, I'm like, I got to go see it. Yeah, right. I just saw it. It's an Aussie dystopian action film. Yeah, dude. All right. I'm on. You've given me something to do. Boom. I'm going to search that. That's how how we help each other out during the uh, COVID-19. 
which we just talked yes. about. That's how we help each other out. We we sell them. But anyways. Oh, you know what, dude? Hey, do you want to hear something crazy? Yes. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the stats here. The guy that made the music is the dude that gave me my first session gig, Frank Strangio. Dude, that is crazy. Really? How crazy is that? Music by Frank Stranger. Yeah, I did the um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I did a season with him. Um, <laughs> he, he is an interesting dude. He reminds me, I feel like I'm in an episode of um, Seinfeld. He's an American guy who lives in Melbourne. And he, he'd he be like, Steve. He always used to say my name, Steve. <laughs> Steve, let me tell you, Steve. Steve, you need to... Steve. You need to try this pastrami, Steve. You gotta try this pastrami. You know, you get him get louder. It'd be, like, <laughs> it'd be like fucking George Costanza's parent. I loved Frank. I still do. He's he's a legend. But he gave me my first session, and in that session, he's like, Steve. So Steve, we need kind of a. It's kind of heavy metal. We need heavy metal. And I was like, okay, maybe I need to get a seven-string guitar. So I bought a seven-string guitar to do that session um, with Frank. And he did the music for Dead End Driving. Yeah. Dude. And that's just, we haven't set this up. <laughs> no, we haven't we set have this up. We have not set this up. This is amazing. Guys, we want you to know both the edging joke, not set up. Right? Yep, edging, and toenail the, tables. None of this is set up. And Frank Strangio, Dead End Driving. All of this is new. Now, now we, you have to answer the question that you gave us with that amazing interpretation of Frank. Did yep. you try the pastrami? Yes. I, I, anything, he was like, you know, he'd bring out some weird kind of sounding um, cheese or sausage or something. I'd always give it a crack while I was there. I, you know, mm. he, he was, uh, and he, uh, another little tidbit, he was one of the only dudes to have a synclavia, you know, the massive thing that Frank Zappa um played like the it's people would have to look it up there's not many in the world the synclavia is kind of like rarer than the delorean and it's this crazy machine that frank zappa used to use and i think when frank zappa got it he was like good now i don't have to work with people anymore (laughs) (laughs) and he had one of those so he was doing it all on this synclavia um yeah which was yeah, just just added to the kind of um, abstract nature of it all. Oh, you're gonna love that movie, dude! I'm, I'm gonna you. check it out. Yeah, you're gonna love it. Everybody, check it out if you can. It's from the '80s. I'm I'm pretty sure like mid '80s. From I don't remember the year, but '86. '86. Uh, I bought the yeah. Blu-ray from Arrow Video. Everybody, just to give them a plug because they're cool enough to put a Blu-ray version of it, uh, if I may. And um, have you watched? Um, speaking of Aussie films, have you watched Bad Boy Bubby? I have not seen Bad Boy Bubba. Dude, this is one of my favorite favorite films. Um, people are probably going to stop listening to 12 Foot Ninja when they're like, he likes that? It's one of the weirdest films I think has, that's ever been made. Bad Boy Bubby. I just wrote it down. Yeah. And everybody that heard that pen click, yeah, I did that. I'm sorry. It, it happened. Yeah. But, uh, yep, just wrote it down. Bad. Actually, my previous band, Flo, was named after Bubby's mum, which... Which is sick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So in the movie, Bubby's mom, his name was sick. No, no. Oh, no. Bubby's mom's name was Flo. Oh. And that was um, what I named uh, my last band after. And um, when you see the relationship between Bubby and Flo, it's, yeah, it's mental. It's not cool. 
<laughs> uh, maybe I should maybe delete this. <laughs> I will if you want me to, but I think we should no, keep no, it. It's, okay, it's all okay. right. Yeah, I, I think I think people who listen to our music and watch our clips probably would presume that we we like um, dark and absurd stuff. But there's so many corker lines, and believe it or not, the the movie does have a positive message. Oh, you know, you don't cling wrap the people you love. <laughs> don't be helicopter parents, people. Yeah, that's uh. I'm gonna watch this. And don't, I'm super don't lock your children in, you know, in in the uh, room and tell them that they need to wear a gas mask to go outside. It doesn't bode. It doesn't do well for their mental health or well being in in the future. Man, <clears throat> you know we're, we're talking about this, and there might be somebody like like d- dealing with this. This is what the mental yeah, and they're health. Like, it's we've just set them on the right path. Yeah, they're like, know? oh man, we needed someone to tell us this is not yeah. the way. So to, to them, go. I would like to say you're welcome. Yeah, d- good job. And I would like to say <laughs> if they're doing that to you, make sure you get your vengeance. Okay, coming out get October fifteenth, guys. Twelve Foot Ninja's new record. See what I did there? That was good. I felt I felt like I forced it a little bit, but I, I appreciate you telling me it was okay. <laughs> yeah, all segues are, have to be forced. A you know, little bit. Way. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I totally agree with you, man. So one more time, as we're talking about the record, my time's almost up, dude. This is flying by. But um, I do want to bring up the fact that you got Tati from Ginger to to pretty much do the ballad, if I may, on, on the record. Uh, tell us how yeah. that all came together, because it's a great song. It's um, called Over and Out, if people haven't heard it yet. Yeah, that, uh, how did that, well, Ginger, we played with those guys in Ukraine, um, and yeah, like we were just imp- super impressed. Um and you know um they exploded on the scene like i think people kind of learnt about them and then that they're just going great guns and you know i think there's a mutual respect there and it just seemed to make sense we wanted a um you know we wanted a a higher voice um and we thought what about taddy and and i mean higher voice but also like she's her guttural stuff is like lower than 99% of male singers as well. Like, she's just a beast. And then you played with them in the Ukraine. Was that huge when you guys got to play with them? Because, yeah, right, they blew up. But around that time, um, when you were there, was it on the same level? Yeah, I mean, I think I think people, obviously, who could watch them play um, in Ukraine. And I, I think we played with them in Russia, too. Uh, my memory's a bit sketchy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, people knew all about them and everything, you know, like, it just took the world a little bit longer to catch on, but um, it was awesome. Like we had a great time in Russia and Ukraine. Um, really uh, cool people and shockingly attractive women. I don't know what is going on with the U- Ukrainian and Russian like females, but there's is that? Can you even say that now? Have I just broken some sort of taboo? No, no. I that aesthetically speaking, they were very symmetrical. Anybody that walks through Russia. And if you guys have been there, okay, it's like seeing a bunch of supermodels while you're just walking yes. th- through yes. the airport. I'm not even making that up, and you you, you no, nailed no, it. So a, and I'm not. You're allowed yeah, to say exactly. it. Exactly. So you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yes, I do. Because I'm not be, being like, yeah, no, I saw all these women. Nope. Yeah. I'm not being creepy. Like it was just like, what's going on? Yeah, people just fly to the airport and walk around, and you'll be like, what is this? This isn't right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but you're not, not to diss the dudes. Um, but a lot of them look like they were put on their backs and never turned over. <laughs> no, no. Well, some of them. I'm not going to write them all off, but, you know, and they also looked like they had faces that were like, 
I will put you in the boot of my car. Yes, keep dude. looking at me. People yeah. right now, Google Russian family photos, and you'll see what he's talking about. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? It's weird. Uh, anyway. But, it, you know, I'm not, those it's, dudes it's, win. Uh, I mean, they're, they're lucky on one end, but on the other end, it's like, I don't know. It, they're not handsome. <laughs> yeah. But then you go to like somewhere like... Uh, Norway or Holland or something and all the dudes are like six foot five and look like they're you know that actor that plays the vampire in that vampire movie what's his name whose dad's Swedish um, Alexander Skarsgård yes well done yeah you're welcome yes the older brother of the one that played um, the clown in it yep yep Uh, he did the Tarzan thing and I was like good casting yeah Tarzan Good That's casting, it. everybody. You know, so yeah. So that they all look like that. <laughs> there, and, and, and we're not going to say anything about their women, though, because they're equally as beautiful. Yes, well, that's it's more balanced. Like, generally, <laughs> everyone is just good looking over there. But, um, Anybody that tours the world, you guys are going to do the same thing we're doing. So judge away, bitches. Yeah, you judge. <laughs> you <laughs> judge just away. Sit there and, but my, you know, from my point of view, I do it all just you know, like um, that spaghetti dude from. Um, you know, Tim and Eric, this, you know, how he's always just hiding behind pot plants. I'm like that. <laughs> it's, dude, I know what you're talking <laughs> What is it called? It's not called creeping. It's, oh, man, lurking. It's like, I'm lurking. lurking. I'm just lurking. Yeah. Nobody knows you're there. And then you see eyes behind plants. You're like, yeah, dude, yeah. what are you doing? Lurking? Darting around. <laughs> so, yeah. With that, oh, dude, this has been a blast, man. Our time is up, guys. But everybody, I actually went over time, but it's okay. We We needed to, we needed to mention the supermodel thing going on in Russia that makes no sense to us. Um, 12 Foot Ninja's new record, Vengeance, is out October 15th. Guys, make sure you pick it up. We're going to play a couple tracks after the show. If you haven't checked it out and you need something to read, people, make sure you're still reading out there. All right? 12footninja.com. Make sure you guys pick up the novel. Uh, with that, Stevic, this has been an absolute joy, man. Thank you so much, my man, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it.
You're the devil in my blood 
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
and we are back, guys. First song you heard is off the latest record from 12 Foot Ninja. That is Vengeance. It is out now. Guys, that track is called Start the Fire. Second song you heard, we talked a little bit about it in the interview. That is the track featuring Tatiana from Ginger. That is over and out. Guys, Vengeance is out right now. Make sure you're picking it up, listening to it. Like I said, fantastic record. They knocked it out of the park once again. Real proud of those dudes. Third song you guys heard is from a band called Wolf Tooth. That song is called The Voyage. And their new album, Blood and Iron, it's coming out December 3rd. If you guys like that tune, check it out. Wolf Tooth's new album, Blood and Iron, is coming out December 3rd. And with that, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews that you guys give us on the good old Apple iTunes. That's all we ask for as a podcast team, that we get these podcasts out every week to you guys, the interviews, everything like that. It's a lot of work, but we're always on top of it for you guys. You guys mean the world to us. All we're asking in return If you have a chance, go over to that Apple iTunes, click five stars. We don't need comments. That's all we're looking for. And anybody else that wants to support our other podcast, the documentary discussion podcast we've been doing for, man, almost 10 years now, Rise to Offend. We got over 100 episodes. And like I said, it's a different format. It is a documentary discussion about figures who have been offensive in society and kind of how we see them today. Um, Make sure you guys are checking that out. We're really proud of it. We got 100 episode metal fans. As you guys know, we've done Peter Steele, Phil Anselmo, Chuck Schuldiner. We've done a lot of metal guys. Odris Urungus, if I may. And then, of course, for all you... uh, Art fans, we've done John O'Brien, John Callahan, and all kinds of people. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, Rise to Offense, the name of the podcast. And with that, all our friends out there, we're, we apologize in advance for the dark humor on this program. Tango whiskey. In Fox order for Trot. it to be an apology in advance, it has to be in advance. I'm doing it in advance of the advance. Post advance. Post advance. Post advance. Is that <laughs> nothing we said? <laughs> We meant, and we hope you understood our context. I meant every fucking word. Because when, when, if this was transcribed, we'd look like assholes. And it's absolutely the truth. Everything I said is 100% the truth. Facts. Facts. Hey, third chair, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I am third chair. I got to get in my airtime when I'm fucking here. <laughs> you got to get it in. Got to <laughs> bake you for my foodie pebble. <laughs> You're welcome. It has poison in it. Oh, you mother. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It doesn't. All right. It's delicious. It's we- full of fat and sugar like a good Rice Krispie treat. You want to, you want to, and, and then us out? Okay, and and then yes, and then yes, and then yes, and then tell us week yes, and then yes, and 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 the metal sucks podcast is signing off.